0: Love, talk, radio. We know that quality care for your most precious gift is your highest priority. Worry no more. The Children's School offers early childhood education that counts. We provide a variety of learning activities to enable all of our children to grow and learn at their own pace. We ensure that quality attention is offered to every child. Children's School provides a stable, fun, and safe learning environment for your child. Located in the Germantown section of Philadelphia, we accept children six weeks through five years of age. We are open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call us today for a visit at 215 991 1767 or email us at children.
1: At, at gmail.com Love, Radio 41 questions for the Muqmanoom Have you ever cried as of sins you have committed? InshaAllah Does Shaitan ever make you feel like the past can't no. be repentant? Yes Do you really love Allah? Or just words that you utter? love Allah do you feel like your innocence has been drained by the gutter? Yes. No. Can you love sooner and still love to backbite? No. How many days you woke up Muslim and Kafir by night? Allah. If you was on trial for being mukman, yeah. would they have enough evidence to convict you? Allah. If you die right yeah. now, how long would it take for the Ummah to forget Allah, I you? Allah. Allah. Can you answer the questions in the grave, or do you have to study for that test? MashaAllah, I hope so. And what will be the words you utter at the moment of your last breath? What are you prepared to sacrifice for the sunnah? Did you ever take part in spreading the vicious rumor? If so, how far did it go? How many people really know? On a day of judgment, how many Mukmans you going to owe?
0: Uh,
1: Why are you the last to Jumla and the first to leave? Is that an indication of how much you really believe? Why do you say things out of your mouth that's not in your heart? Don't you know Mukmans live in the light and Kufars live in the dark? How can a month go by and you miss every salat? What is your desire? Allah. Ah, look, boldness, you show for the fire. Muslims and Muslimas, fill the north from a hopeful dreamer. It's either heaven or hell. My be or the a Allah
0: or Shaitan.
1: Fly girl novels or ayahs of the Holy Quran. Standing on street corners at the end of the block Or at the masjid making salah, You can either listen or turn your head Because this earth is a paradise for the grateful dead I wadzubillahi <laughs> minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Innalil mutaqeen mafaza Hadaiqa wa a'naaba وكوائب أترابا وكأسا لا يسمعون فيها لغوا ولا كذابا جزاء من ربك عطاء حسابا RABBIS SAMAWAATI WAL ardi WAMA BAYNAHUMA ARRAHMAN LA YAMLIKUNA MINHU KITABAH Assalamualaikum Assalamualaikum Salman Brother, you heard the Dean of Dunya show? Dean of Verdunia? That sounds familiar. Wait, hold on, let me think. Dean overdoing ya, Dean overdoing ya. Yeah. Dean overdoing your show. Y'all heard about that joint? My man hosts that joint. Safe or hot? My show, Lord. My show, So you like the joint? I love it. What's your name? Noah. And what they listening to? Dean Over Dunya.
0: As-salamu
1: alaykum. Mike, what's name? Dean Over Dunya. 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 Show. Over Dunya Show. I am Sister Aisha, and this is the Dean Over Dunya Show. Assalamualaikum salamu alaykum. And welcome
2: I'm your host, Sifu Haq, and you're listening to the Dean Over Dunya Show. The number one Islamic radio show in America,
1: alhamdulillah. Before we begin, like always, we want to give praise to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and send salawat upon His Nabi, the, the Prophet Muhammad, even Abdullah. And alhamdulillah, that's the wa nasafirahu, wa na'udhu billahi minshurubi nufusana, wa min sari'a lima'lana, wa min yadihilahu falah, mudalala, wa min yuqlam falah, haadihilah, wa sharamu lah, ilaha de Allah, waqtuhu sharika and my
2: bet. before I begin, I'd like to say all praise belong to Allah. We seek His aid, we seek His guidance, we seek His help. We seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan and His minions, and we seek refuge in Allah from the footprints of Shaitan that
1: will lead us to hell from Allah. And we ask Allah to forgive us for our sins, our faults, and our errors. And whoever Allah guides not can lead astray. And whoever Allah leads, you straight straight in God. And I bear witness without hesitation. I don't want Allah. I bear Allah. Allah His last prophet and messenger. in the Muhammad Rasulullah. And my bet,
2: as will follows. Tonight's show is very important.
1: Like all the shows we do here at Dina, we're doing is very important. Tonight's show is called, Are You Ready for Mukar and Not Care?
2: The angels of death. The angels that will be in the grave, that will be questioning you about your religion, your way of life, and who is the messenger of Allah, Sallallahu. So Alaihi But before we get into that, we want to ask the question is, are you ready? If we were to die tonight, are we ready to be questioned? In the grave, can we provide adequate enough answers in order to pass the test? Do we have enough Islam in our hearts that when Mukar and Nakir come to us and ask us those questions, do we have enough Islam in our heart to answer those questions? That is the question, because without doubt, those questions will come. And without doubt, Mukar and Nakhir will ask questions and they will not be friendly about it. And you will not be able to hesitate at all. Whatever you have in your heart, whatever you are harboring in your heart, it will come to light in the grave. I want you to visualize that when you go to your grave, and your family members are weeping, and they walk away, and you hear them footprints walk away, their footsteps, because that's the last thing that you're going to hear is the family members' footsteps walking away from your grave. And when they walk away from your grave, Mukar and Nakira is going to come to you, and they're going to come to you in an unpleasant form, in a horrible-looking form. That you're going to be petrified And they're going to sit you up in your grave And they're going to be very stern Very stern And they're going to ask you three questions Now before we get into the questions We have to understand that While you are alive You have different components You have a heart, you have a brain You have flesh, you have bones and you also have a soul. When the angel of death come and take your soul from your body, your body is no longer with you. You no longer have a heart. You no longer have a brain. All you have is pure soul, the spiritual aspect of who you are. And the only thing that resides in the soul is what you remember, what you live, how you live. That's all you have. You don't have a brain to to, to, to to work out math problems, to figure out the unknown. All you going off is instincts. Just like animals do not have souls. Animals go off in instincts. Simple. They don't have they don't think about things, they just do because it's part of their general nature. When you die in you in the hereafter you have no more body, there's no more physical flesh. There's no more time to be able to think about things. Some things in the hereafter you just want to know or you're not going to know. Simple. Either you live the life that Allah is your Lord or you didn't. Either you live the life of the messenger of Allah, sallam is your prophet, or you didn't. Either you live the life of Islam or you didn't. There's not going to be no ground to stand upon, no middle ground. It's either you're going to be raised up as a Muslim or you're going to be raised up as a Munafic or disbeliever. That's it. There's no other choices. We need to think about that as we live in our daily lives. What do you spend your day consist of? What is your day consisted of? Is it consisted of watching television, playing games? Is it consisted of doing things that has nothing to do with Islam? How do you spend your days? That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Do you spend your time remembering the loss penalty of the island, two or three o'clock in the morning when everyone else is asleep? Do you spend your time, as a Jew, asking the law to forgive you? Do you spend your time asking the loss of of the island, to forgive you for your sins? We're committing sins every day. Major sins, some of us, major sins, some of us drinking alcohol, losing our very iman. But are you asking Allah to, to forgive you? For major sins, some sins require toba. Some sins require for you to make ixtafa, say a stuff of the law, a stuff of the law thing. But some sins, some sins require for you to make toba, make will do Make two rackats and ask the law to the Allah to forgive you for that particular sin. Some sins require that. And the conditions of Toba, we all know the conditions of Toba, But do we do that? Do we really care that we're gonna be standing before Mukar and not care? This is not a game. This is not something that I'm telling you that might not come true. This is reality. So why not prepare for the questions in the graves? Why not prepare for that? Because if the questions are answered correctly, and the voice yells from paradise, my servant have spoken the truth, then your grave will be decorated with the furniture of paradise, and the window will open to the gates of Jannah, and you'll be able to see your house and your family in paradise. Why are you waiting for the day of judgment? So you are in a state of bliss in your grave before the day of judgment comes. you hoping the day of judgment comes. This is what you're hoping. This is what you desire. Because you answered the question in the grave correctly. Because you lived a life of Islam. But how would it be for people who didn't live a life of Islam, who don't have a law in their heart, who don't have Islam in their heart, who don't. Followed the son of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they asked the question with, "Well, there were people around me that used to say so and so, but I say what they said just because they said that they really don't know have the answer because they didn't live this life." And then the voice from Paradise yelled, "Surely my servant is a liar. Decorate his grave with the furniture par from hellfire, and you will be shown." Your place in paradise, if you would have want, and now the window from hellfire for hell door will open up, and the heat from hellfire will fill your grave. The heat, just like you open up a microwave or I mean a, a oven, and the heat from the oven heat up the whole kitchen, the heat from hellfire when that door is open, that window is open, is gonna heat your grave. And you're going to feel every minute, every, every minute of it, every second of it, every second of, of it. And you're going to feel like that. And you're going to be tortured like that until the day of judgment. When you took your shahada, you be been a witness that there was no God but Allah. And you be been a witness that Muhammad is his messenger. Yet, you couldn't answer the questions in the grave because you didn't live your life as a Muslim. You didn't live your life according to the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You didn't try to be sincere and ask the Allah to forgive you for the sins that you committed openly. This is what we have to understand. That everything is all about asking the Allah to forgive us for the sins that we committed whether purposely or, 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 or unconsciously. Ask the law, of the to forgive us because if you ask the law to forgive you, he will forgive you. And if you strive to do the right thing, if you strive to do the right thing, then the law, Serpentine, will aid you. He will help you do the right thing. But if you don't care about the sins that you're committing, it doesn't bother you, it doesn't hold any 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 weight in your life then on the day of judgment in the grave you're gonna see the repercussions of your your actions because this Islam this is a nipma from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this Islam is a favor from Allah to us and all you have to do is be a sincere Muslim not a super Muslim not an incredible Muslim. Just be sincere, strive, and struggle, and you will be in, in internal happiness in the, on the day of judgment and in the grave. Be vigilant of your deeds. Be vigilant of your deeds. The messenger of Allah, sallallahu so alaihi wasallam, said, "Be." Be careful of dry spots. When you make wudu, be careful of dry spots that you leave dry, because if you enter the prayer and you're not fully purified, then you will receive punishment in the grave for not making proper wudu. If you receive, if you if you make if you make a sinja and you're not wiping yourself thoroughly, and urine gets on your clothing, then you will be punished in the grave because you're not making proper essengia. These things are very important. Very important. Because there's no reason to get urine on your clothes when you all you have to do is make proper esting. That's why some Muslims carry stinja bottles with them when they travel in a bag so that they wouldn't have urine on them when they make a in the bathroom. This is very important. This is part of being a Muslim. It's all about the details details of your very life that you make it stingy when you go to the bathroom properly. These things are very serious. You know, they say that uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. That is true. That's true because we make, we'll do five times a day. So we try to remain pure and clean in every aspect of our lives. If you're not practicing the small, subtle details of Islam, yet you're arguing and debating about other things of Islam, then you're going to lose grasp inside of what you're here for, and that is the worship of Allah. But worship has to be done properly, and has to be done properly starting with the wudu. Your wudu has to, to be perfect. You have to learn the mannerisms of wudu. Like for instance... Wudu has to be in part of the curriculum and the, sci- and the, and the, and the Usula Wudu. It has to be done in, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It has to be done in, um, oh, it's a panel law. a word to begin with a C. It slipped my tongue. But it has to be done in um, in sequence, meaning that, Let's say you in a barf are making wudu, and you're washing your hands, and you're washing your your, uh, your face, and your hair, and somebody calls you in the house, so you stop making wudu. And you say, What's up? What you want? I'm making wudu. And then you go back to making wudu again. That right there, you haven't made wudu. That's not wudu because you stopped. Voodoo has to be in sequence from the beginning to the end uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. And if you don't do it like that, then you haven't made voodoo. So you have to be very careful with the subtleties of how you approach your voodoo. Very careful with the subtleties of how you approach your voodoo. You have to know the difficulties, the, the, the subtleties, the things that break you will do. For example, if you don't remember that if you broke your will do or not, then you have to make will do over because you don't remember if you broke it or not. You have to have shared knowledge that your will do is not broken. You have to have shared knowledge that your will do is not broken. And if you don't have shared knowledge, then you have to make will do over again. That's very simple. As simple as that So you should learn The things And the different things That breaks breaks your wudu You should learn these things All of them The ins and outs of wudu You should learn What type of water Can you make wudu with You should learn these things Because it's very important To your deen. Because if your wudu Is not proper If you're not making proper wudu Your salat is not going to be valid. And if your salat is not valid, then asking the law to forgive you for your sins will never happen because your wudu is invalid. That means your salat is invalid. So therefore, your prayer is not accepted. So therefore, you still have sins on you. That's why it's very important to to learn wudu, to know every nuance of wudu, to be a scholar about it. Because it's not difficult to be a scholar in wudu. That's not difficult. That's a very easy, simple thing. All you have to do is take a wudu class A fit class on wudu It's not difficult You know like some of us We learn wudu through Like uh, our friends But they taught you basically The basis of wudu They didn't teach you If you you know break your wudu um, and, And not know that you broke it How do you like They don't teach you those subtle things they just teach you, all right, this is how you make wudu, you wash your hands. But they don't teach you the ins and outs of it. They don't teach you how to be a scholar of it. So if you want to be a scholar of it so you don't, so you know every nuance of wudu, then you need to go learn that. That's very important. Very, You need to go learn that. That's, 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 you need to learn what are the things that breaks, what type of water that you need to make wudu in. You have to learn these things very important. It's like For example, when you make wudu, if you don't start with your hands, if you start with just your feet, you start with your feet making wudu, but you hit all the areas that you have to make wudu with your hands, your elbows, I mean, your arms up to the elbows, your face, your nose, your mouth, your ears, and your hair. As long as you get all of the obligational places to make wudu, then you don't have to make it with your hands first, and your will-do is still accepted. Your will-do is still accepted. As, as, as long as you hit all of the places that will-do must be made, the obligatory places, and you don't got to make it starting with the hands and then the, the the mouth. You don't have to do all that. You Just start making will-do from anywhere on your body that you have to make will-do with that's obligatory to make it with, and and, and make will-do in all those areas that are obligatory to touch, and your will-do is valid. You don't have to make it in perfect order uh, that people say. Don't, don't, that's not going to make it violent. What makes it violent is that you hit those areas and that none of those areas have dry spots. So you be very conscious of the water and, and how you rinse and 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 you rub. You know, you rub your arm when you make wood. That's properly. You rub it. You don't just throw the water on the arm. You rub it. Like, these things are very serious very serious because I'm telling you that you can be making salat and, you, and your wudu is not even accepted. So therefore the salat won't be accepted. When you're making prayer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have to know the things about salat that will that will invalidate your prayer. The things about salat that are sunnah of the prayer and the things about the salat that are obligatory of the prayer. Like for example when you enter Salat, it is obligatory for you to say Allahu Akbar. If you don't say Allahu Akbar before you enter Salat, then the Salat is not accepted. You have not made prayer. So you have to say Allahu Akbar. So if you want to know the the, 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 uh, the fiqh of Salat, the understanding of the prayer, then you need to go take a class on, you know, the, the, the fiqh of Salat, the principles of prayer. You need to go take a class on that and learn that and be a scholar in prayer because you pray 17 times a day. It's almost impossible for you to do something 17 times a day and not be a, a scholar in that particular field because you do it every day 17 times. How you not be a scholar in that? Every Muslim should be a scholar in prayer because this you, you, you are a scholar in the ability to communicate with your Lord. That's what you should be focusing on, your prayer. Because if your prayer is accepted, then everything else you do in your life is going to be accepted. But if your prayer is rejected, then nothing else you do in your life will be accepted. Everything is rejected. Ramadan is coming up in a few months. Learn the the thick of Ramadan. Learn the understanding of Ramadan. Learn how to fast. If you break your fast, what are the repercussions? How what what type of what type of uh circumstances that warrants breaking a fast? For instance, if you can fast that day, don't wanna fast that day, so you may have a, a headache. And you know that you still confess, that headache is not gonna hurt you in any way, it's not it's not a life threatening illness. Then you should fast. Don't use things to try to break your fast and then say that, well, I was sick. No, that's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. You need to learn that when you do fast, it's it's between you and Allah. And if you reward for your fast is from Allah subhanahu wa Allah alone. The reward is from Allah subhanahu wa Allah alone. And brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, what I'm telling you uh may sound boring and it may sound like is 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 uh repetitive, but Wallahi Alvin, when you stand in the grave and Mukar and Nakir is asking those questions, these things are gonna come to mind. How you live Islam. We have to live Islam in our hearts. See too many of us are on Facebook, on Instagram, and we professing our Islam to the world. But the moment we log out, we are niggers, and we're not Muslims anymore, and we're not practicing Islam anymore because now there's no show. There's no audience that we have to fake it for. You know, it's very easy to get up in the morning and say, hey, yeah, I made Fajr, or I made, you know, uh, Tahajah, or I went to Jumar. But the reality to it is, your Islam. Your way of life be, have to be between you and Allah, panel with the it has to be between you and the loss of penalty That is it. If you don't have a personal relationship with Allah, and I tell you that the message of Allah, so that said, the best charity is is something that's done secretly. He says that if you give uh, someone five dollars and say here, but if you give them an envelope and don't and don't let them know it came from you then the reward for that Seneca is 70 times the reward that you do if you did it openly. So remember that. When you brag about, I'm making prayer, but if you don't say nothing about it and keep it between you and the laws you get 70 times more the reward, and then you know for a certainty that your sincerity is for a law. It's for a law. It's not to get likes on Facebook. We have to check our intentions. Check our intentions. Try to keep some of your worship private between you and the law. Have that personal relationship with you and the law, Sepenita Island. Don't brag about everything that you do. Keep some of the purity that you do between you and the law so you know for a fact that no one knows, only Allah, what you do. He Only Allah knows that you get up every night to make Hajj. Only Allah knows that.
0: Only
2: Allah, wa Island, knows that.
1: But we are in of time. And
2: we have to understand that That our very Our very essence of Islam Is being taken away from us Because of the sin of, uh, of Riyadh Showing off Of shirk Inconspicuous shirk The messenger of Allah so that said, He said be careful Of inconspicuous shirk a, a, Unconspicuous shirk is like A black ant A black ant On a black rock In the night Listen to that A black ant On a black rock In the middle of the night You can never see something like that so be careful when you're bragging about all the prayer that you're making and all the salat that you're doing. It's very serious. You understand what I'm saying? It's very serious that you can be committing shirk and not even know it. Showing off is, is a form of shirk because you want people to know that you Worshipping the lost of to Isla, you want people to know that you worshiping the lost of to island. and you're not doing it for Allah. You're doing it for likes. Now you might be doing it for Allah, but Allahu Ailam. If you don't brag about it, then you know for a fact that you're doing it for Allah, because there was one person who used to make fudger every day for forty years on the front row, right? Every day he made fudger on the front row. And he was known as the the the, the person who used to make fudge on the front row. All right? One particular day he was late for making fudge. He felt ashamed that he didn't get to the mansion on time to make prayer. So what he did was he realized that all the time that he made fudger on the front row for 48 straight, he did it to be seen. Because that first it was, it was it was sincerely for law. But then it became that he was known for making fudge on the front row, so he wanted to keep that position because he did it for the people because that's what he was known as. He liked that that, that position. So the moment that he wasn't able to make fudge on the front row, he felt ashamed in front of the people because then he realized that he did it for the people and not a law. So what he did was he made all 40 years of Fudger up. All 40 years of his fudge, he made it up secretly for a law. That's a person who has sincerity with philosophy, Island. Because at first, you can be, you know, uh, you you can just be hyped. You're glad to make fudge, So you get up and you say, alhamdulillah, brothers and sisters, you post on Instagram, I made fudge today. And it's, 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 it's sincere. But then people start to praise you. Alhamdulillah, you're making and They like these likes. You get... 20 likes, 25 likes, we shares and then all of a sudden now it's not you making fudger anymore. It's that you get up and the people expect for you to say that I made fudge so you just post it anyway. You didn't even have to make fudger that day. You can even have your, min- your, your, your mints on and your cycle on, but you just post it because people expected you to post it. The brother might not even be in, he might not even be in Gussel, and he just posted because people expected him to post it. It could get that serious. See, shaitan leads us to hellfire step by step, not all at once. He leads us there gradually step by step. This is what we have to understand. So we have to be very careful of what we do Islamically. Try to keep everything you do secretly. Sometimes it's better to let the people know in order to motivate people who don't do it. So sometimes that is good, but not all the time. Sometimes it is good to post that you, you know, you're making prayer or you're going um, to a lecture because you want to motivate people to do it. That is good. But don't do it all the time. Try to keep the majority of your worship between you and Allah so you know for a fact that you're not doing it for the people. Because Allah says in the Quran, he says, woe to the person who make prayer in order to be seen. Then, if you know anything about the Quran, if you ask any scholar of Quran, when a subhanahu wa island says, "Whoa, that is a tremendous punishment coming from a subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tremendous punishment. That loss with island says, "Whoa, to the Muslim who make prayer in order to be seen by the public." That is a tremendous punishment coming from Allah. So be careful of that. In order to eliminate that, try to do the majority of your worship secretly. And there's nothing wrong with letting people know what you're doing sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. But try to keep the majority of your worship secretly so you know that this is only for Allah. I do this only for Allah. Because you can be an insincere Muslim and think that you are sincere. Like the brother who made Fudger for 40 years straight and then realized it was only for the people because he was committing shirk, inconspicuous shirk. He didn't know. Like the prophet said, inconspicuous shirk is like a black ant on a black rock in the middle of the night. Tell me if it's nighttime, can you see a black ant on a black rock? See, I don't have twenty twenty vision, so I definitely couldn't see that. I have real bad vision. Extremely poor vision. I was born with it. There's nothing I can do. The doctor told my mother when I was 10 years old that I might be legally blind when I'm the age of 25. That's how bad my eyesight was. So my eyesight is extremely bad, even with my contact lens on. But mashallah. But the point is that inconspicuous shirk is here, and we should be careful of it. We should stop showing off. Vanity. A lot of sisters and a lot of brothers is guilty of vanity. Because a loss... Now, listen to this. A loss of penitentiary says, Magnification is my cloak. And glorification is my resolve. And if anyone try to compete with me, any one of them, then I will break his back and throw him in a hellfire. When that sister post selfies on, on Facebook and Instagram and think that she is the bomb, that she's in love with herself and she make herself her own Monday crush Monday and all this nonsense, that she telling the world that she did this she this beauty that she has, she did this for herself. She gives no recognition to Allah submit. If she wanted to give recognition to Allah, then she would cover her beauty and say this beauty is only for my husband, Alhamdulillah because she appreciates the nipma that Allah lost made her beautiful. And the brothers the same way. They have to be very careful with vanity. Because the law is great, and the law is magnificent. And on their judgment, any brother who thought that he was big and bad, and when he buy nice clothes and he walk into the marriage and think he's better than everybody there, only their judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to reduce him to the level of an eight. He's going to be the the size of an ant, so the people on the day of judgment plane can walk over him. And he's so insignificant that they're walking over him and on him and crushing him, and they don't even know it. How many ants have you stepped on in your lifetime, and don't even know that you stepped on ants? Think about it. We a lot of us on this phone killed many ants in our life. We don't even know that we killed ants. That's how insignificant they they they, they are to us on day of judgment when you walk in the the, the person who he thought he was bad and he thought he was the bomb Allah is going to reduce him to an it and let the people on the judgment plane walk on him because you're nothing in the sight of your Lord Allah (inaudible) says if this dunya was worth the the, the, the tip of a net then he wouldn't give the kufar any pieces of it none of it Think about that if this doing it, that means the sun, the stars, the, the moon, the air, the earth, everything in this universe, if it was worth to Allah, the tip of the, the wing of a net. You know what a net is? That's something that you barely can see. And you can't even see the wing. He says if it was worth the tip of that wing, you would need a might magnify glass just to see the tip. If it was worth the tip of that net, then he wouldn't give the Kufar none of it. But he'd give the Kufar anything that they want on this earth. Because it's, it's like feces. That's how you have to look at the dunya like feces. Because it stinks. It is not no good. Because everything that you eat, it turns to feces. Everything that you eat. So that's the that's little to tell you that this dunya is nothing. It's not absolute, it's temporary. You're not gonna be here very long. The sh- the stay here is only temporary. So live amongst this dunya as if you were a stranger. This is the, the see-have from the messenger of Allah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So we have to stop living life with with this comfortable attitude. See the Muslims have adopted the ways of the Kufar because the messenger of Allah predicted. He says that we're gonna follow them down a lizard hole. Right? How are we adopted the the ways of the Kufar? The Muslim have to have everything that the Kufars have, even if they can't afford it. They got to have the car that they can't afford, they got to have the house that they can't afford. They got to have the job but they can't get enough of the job because they can't work just regular eight hours. They got to chase the 16-hour shifts. They can't just have a television. They got to have cable television with 400 channels, right? They can't just have the television and the cable. They got to have the iPhone or the iPhone 7 or the Galaxy that has all of the, 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 the functions of a nice phone on it. They got to have everything. So now they're paying... $100 $100 a month for their phone. Now they're paying $300 a month for their car insurance. Now they're paying uh three to $400 a month for their house insurance and their house mortgage. Now they're paying, you know, for groceries. Now they're paying $200 a month for cable bills. And the cable people lied to them and told them their bills was going to be $70 a month and it's $200 a month. But they needed it. They got to have it. They got to have it. So their entire life, they are in debt. They can't afford any of it. It's all a delusion because they can't afford any of it. But they gotta have everything. Has to be thrown. It has to be, you know, uh, to impress the people that come over, to impress their peers and their and their coworkers. Everything is nothing to impress the law. There's nothing done for a loss of penitentiary. It's all it's all gonna go. See when you die. Your wife is going to get married. There's going to be a brother who's going to be in your house wearing your own clothes. There's going to be family members fighting over your television. There's going to be people that's going to be happy that you got this nice car because they're going to be riding with you in your grave, and you can't even answer the questions of Mukar car and not care and your family is fighting over your stuff that you work so hard for. You work 16 hours a day for it. Just to maintain slope, You had no money to save. You had no money to give the man shit. You have no money to give your kids a nice future to get, send them to an Islamic school so they can learn about the message of Allah. Everything was all about you. Now you have none of that and you left in the grave with the angels answering your questions. Because you wanted to live the life of this world that was deception. The life deceived you, thought you was going to be here for a minute, and now you're gone. You're gone. And sure, your wife's going to miss you, but she's going to remarry. She's going to remarry, and now you left in the grave with Mukar and Nakir. Your family not worried about you no more, and you're not worried about them. You're worried about these questions that you're about to be asked because you have to think about it that these angels right they come in holding a hammer, and this hammer is so big that if every human being that was ever born, Adam and Eve to the last person on earth before the the apocalypse if they was the all to come together and unify that strength and try to lift this hammer, they won't be able to do so. And the angels don't care if you're a thug. They don't care about that. They don't care if you got guns. They don't care about that. Because even if you had guns, they got something that that gun is not going to be able to deal with. That hammer. And when this hammer hit you, it's going to shatter every bone in your body. Every bone in your body. And it's going to, they're going to pick this hammer up with ease, beat you with it, until you're a pulp, till you dust. And then you're going to come back and they're going to keep beating you with it. Can you imagine that? Can you picture that? But you were Muslim. You are a Muslim. We have truly lost the identity of Islam because we don't know who we are anymore. We don't know. We're not the people of the Sunnah. We're not. We are a Muslim a diva, we are brothers who are thugs, so and so. We're not Muslims. We don't have that, that that purity of Islam in our in our in our faces in our eyes. Something is wrong. Something is very wrong, and we have to get it together. Because if we don't, then we're going to lose our Islam, our Islamic identity. We have to give Islam to the world, brothers and sisters. I swear by Allah, we have something so special. The entire world is in need of it. Yet we refuse to give it to them because we're too busy being fly. We're too busy being cute. We're too busy being thorough. And we can't even give this, this, this Islam to the world. We can't even tell our coworkers about the message of Allah, Sallallahu. So that's We refuse to tell our kufar family about a loss of penalty island and why they should believe in the law. We refuse to do these things. And that is a shame because what we have in our possession is so much greater than anything that they can offer us. All the Kufars can offer us is hellfire and eternity will be flames. And what we have in our possession to offer them is a the law. His messenger in eternal paradise with eternal eternal bliss. And we refuse to give him that because we're too busy being who we are. We forgot the purpose while we're here. And that is the worship of Allah. We forgot giving Dawah to the Kufar. We forgot about that. The panel law. May Allah forgive us for our negligence, for our gufflet, our heedlessness, May Allah forgive us. Allahu Ameen Allahu Ameen There was a, a a video on Facebook that it was the saddest thing I've seen in a, in a long time, brothers and sisters. It was a Muslim sister in a bathroom walked up to another Muslim sister and started beating her in front of Kufar. But what I was shocked about is that Al-Khufar had posted the video. They took the video with their cell phone and they posted it. But another Muslim sister reposted the video. As if this is like comedy, as this is something that she needs to just post. Exposing our young sisters fighting like cats and dogs in a bathroom. Who would want somebody to see that? And it, and it was sad because the Muslim sister had no, no mercy on her sister. She had no compassion for her sister. she beat beaten her up like a stranger. So Muslim sisters are fighting in school amongst the Kufar. When I was young and before I was a Muslim, the year was 1995. I remember this clear as day because it, it, it resonated with my, my soul. In Germantown High School, A non-Muslim smacked the Muslim sister. He smacked the Muslim sister. And word got back to Germantown Masjid that a Muslim sister in Germantown High School was smacked. The very next day, the entire school was surrounded with Muslims. The very next day, the entire building was surrounded with Muslims looking for that brother who smacked that Muslim sister. Then I wasn't Muslim, and I wasn't even in high school, but that got back to me because everybody was talking about that. Everybody was talking about, like, the Muslims ain't no joke. Everybody was fear of Muslims, and you don't ever hit no Muslim sister. We put fears in the heart of the Kufar. And I wasn't even Muslim, but I, I realized that the Muslims are not to be played with. They're not no game. Now you can shoot Muslim sisters. You can smack them. You can hit them. You can do whatever you want to do. Anything you want to do to Muslim sisters, no repercussions for the actions. Because Muslim men are thugs in the street, but they're cowards. When it comes to their women. Cowards. Muslim men can take a gun. And shoot down their brother. In broad daylight. But refuse to lift ahead hand To protect their sisters. What type of Islam is that? What type of Islam is that? It's like. If we don't wake up. And realize who we are. We are Muslim. And we came from the lineage and the descendants of Muslims, a great people. We are in the Ummah of Muhammad, the greatest Ummah in the history of this universe. We are in the Ummah of Muhammad, that Isa, Jesus Christ, prays to Allah to be part of the Ummah of Muhammad. And this is the reason why Allah extended his life. To allow us to be part of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we are in that very Ummah. What are we doing? How are we showing our gratitude to Allah taala to be in the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Do you have any idea of the Nimah and the barricade that it is to be inside the Ummah of Muhammad? To say that you are a Muslim, to say assalamu alaykum. Do you know that half the inhabitants of paradise are filled with Muslims? Do you know that? Do you know on the day of judgment that the greatest community in the history of mankind will be the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? That every other prophet will be envious of his ummah, part of that ummah? You're part of something great. You're not part of something small. You're part of something historical. You find something that the Kufars are in fright right now. That they're literally closing masters in the UK. Closing masters down. By the end of the year, at least 500 masters will be closed down in the UK. But there are over 50,000 masters in the UK. 50,000, is scared the death of Islam. Part of that, UPA. We have to be proud to be Muslims again. We have to understand that we are special and great people. We're not just pretty Muslims. We're not just brothers that start flying. We are a proud people who we wor- worship Allah, Sipta, with wa ta'ala the Lord of the universe, and we follow the sunnah, the message of Allah, so Dedicate our time to being worshipers of Allah. Dedicate our time from helping other Muslims. There are Muslims right now in this community that need your help, that need your help. Muslim sisters in the, in the hospital that need your help. There are Muslim brothers that need wives, Muslim sisters that need husband. they need you. Who cares? If you are a pretty Muslim but you're single, you're not benefiting the community. Who cares if you got a nice car, brother? If you're not married to the city, you're not benefiting the community. You are a part of the problem. No one cares how fly you are if you're just single and you're not raising a family. You have single mothers with four kids that need brothers, good brothers. You have brothers out there that need good sisters. It don't make you a different if you're not getting married. We are brothers to one another. And one of the greatest things that's affected this community is sisters and brothers refusing to get married. They want to just live and play life. Live and play life. You know, when a husband dies, the sister is only allowed to mourn for four months and ten days. And then according to Islam, she must move on with her life. That is, a, that, is that is, that is, Quran and Sunnah. She only more, allowed to mourn for four months and ten days, and then she must move on with her life. But you got sisters out here nowadays that love brothers that they used to be with five years ago. The brother moved on, he got a whole different family. She's still in love with him. He refused to get married because she's in love with him, wasting her life. Life is just passing her by. That type of love is not permissible in Islam. Live your life. This is, this is a whole life out here, and we don't have a lot of time to be playing games. Muslim sisters want to go to college and, and, and get. Uh, a bachelor's degree before she get married. She's 30 years old, never been married. 35 years old, never been married. What is going on? Something's going on. We have to stop playing these games. Umar Ibn Akatab asked his daughter, Hafsa. He asked her, she's a Sahaba yet, yeah, he's a Sahaba. They better than us. He asked her, how long do your husband have to be away before you even think about committing to that? She said four months. So Umar issued a commandment. He says that any brother who's away for uh, jihad longer than four months has to come home to give his wife her rights. So you haven't been married for six years. So the Sahaba think about communities in that after four months because they're human beings and they're real with themselves. They're not lying to themselves. They're not masturbating. So what are you doing in six years? What's going on? You super Muslim? You got a pill or something that uh, the, the, the decreases your sexual stamina, or decreases your sexual appetite? What is going on? Fasting is only required for brothers that's, that can't afford to marry, but that is a, a quick fix. That is not fasting for all year. You can't. You most people having a hard time fasting in the month of Ramadan is obligatory. So how do you going to fast? three hundred and sixty five days straight. We have to be real with ourselves. Brothers and sisters. My point is this that when you became a Muslim, you became part of something special. You yourself became special. Why? Why did you become special? Because you are part of the ummah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu so Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah hand Allah chose you personally to be part of his ummah. So therefore you're part of something special. Now, we can either continue to be part of something special and be people who the people after us to be proud of and we can change our communities and we can change this land so people can want to become Muslims and crowds and droves or we can just keep doing what we doing and keep playing games. We can keep doing that. We can keep posting uh, pious pictures and pious things that we're doing on Instagram. And we can We can keep faking it, brothers and sisters. We can keep doing it. All of us got the fake game master. We can play the role of a Muslim. A lot of us could have played Malcolm X in the the movie Malcolm X. We could have played the role of a Muslim. We could have been Denzel Washington. We could have got an Oscar. Well, when are you going to get serious? Because the law exists. The Prophet walked this earth. Mukar and I are waiting for you in the grave right now. They're waiting for you. You're going to die. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. If I was you, the next time I get my paycheck, I would go to the mansion and say, E-Man, listen, I want to install a new Wudu station. So every time a person may Wudu, I would get a blessing for it. That's what you call Sadaqa Kajadia, that even when you die, you still get the benefits from that. That's a smart investment that you're making. That's a smart investment that you're making. Seneca Jedi could be, uh it could be a book that you wrote. You wrote this book so now Muslims are benefiting from your book. You have to think smart, think wise. Don't you want Seneca to come and keep going after you die? Then try to install a voodoo station in the shit. Try to do something like that. Try to use, use your money to benefit you in this life and the hereafter. Try to be a smart Muslim. You get your income tax, try to do something worthwhile with it. Try to do something that's going to benefit you when you die in your grave. Another thing we should do is you should go to the masjid and fill out your last will and testament and tell them that if I die, you come get my body. Don't let my parents or my my nine Muslim uh, family members come and take my body and bury me as a Christian. Fight for me, just like if I was a five year old and, and, and a stranger try to take me, you're going to fight for me. Fight for me and my family try to bury me as a Christian because I am a Muslim and here's my will. This this holds up in court that if I die, then I want to be buried as a Muslim. I don't want to leave up to grandma and grandpa to bury me. No, this is my will. Prepare for death while you are alive. Go get your stove and, and your and and, and and pick it out. Because, see, that'll make it real for you. Like, I'm picking out my own casket. I'm picking out my own clothing. I'm a dying. This is serious. Don't be scared of death. Don't be scared to think about it. Because if you prepare for it, then you're going to live a life of, of goodness. But if you're scared to even talk about death, You're not living in reality. You think that you want to live forever? No. It's going to come. Masha'Allah, brothers and sisters, I don't want to keep you, you know, waiting long because I know you got families to get back to. So I'm going to end the show, and I'm going to try to have a show tomorrow. But uh, a the lie, Nadina will do your movie. will be at the Pearl Theater on Broad, and she should be more on March 10th at, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to try to take it to New York, Chicago, Jersey, try to send it to the U.K. Any place we're supposed to be going to try to do, we, we try to do all of that, inshallah. Um, the tickets are selling out. You know, it's crazy how a lot of my family and friends are buying up the tickets, but I want my friends and the Adina doing Douglas to buy tickets. So if you want a ticket, you can dial 267-357- 3682-267-357-3682, Inshallah. And um, tune in for tomorrow's show, Inshallah. We had a show scheduled the other day called Stay Away From Deviants. Stay away from deviants and follow the Quran sooner, but we're going to do that show tomorrow, Inshallah, because we had some technical difficulties with the computer, but Inshallah, we'll be able to do it tomorrow. So tomorrow's show will stay away from the devious and only follow Qur'an and Sunnah, inshallah. Uh, please tune in for that, because inshallah, that will be a good show. Uh, may Allah bless all of the homeless people with food to eat and a place to live, and may he bless all of the sick Muslims and non-Muslims with a full recovery. And if, they, if, if he cannot bless them with a full recovery, may he make the Muslims grave as far as the eye can see and forgive them for their sins and make their sickness be a issue for their bad deeds.
0: We know that quality care for your most precious gift is your highest priority. Worry no more. The Children's School offers early childhood education that counts. We provide a variety of learning activities to enable all of our children to grow and learn at their own pace. We ensure that quality attention is offered to every child. The Children's School provides a stable, fun, and safe learning environment for your child. Located in the Germantown section of Philadelphia, we accept children 6 weeks through 5 years of age. We are open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Call us today for a visit at 215-991-1767 or email us at children's c h l at gmail.com.